All right, so we're back with part two of this Throws Doc uh, podcast episode. I'm your doc, Dr. Charles Inferno. We're writing scripts to cure your throwing ailments. And the ailments we're going to talk about today have to do with uh, have to do with uh, uh, accountability. Maybe a little bit of expectations. Maybe a little bit of time. Maybe a little bit of a lot of things. Right. So. If you listen to the last episode, athlete downstate New York competing in a big, big time, high profile meet, sent me a message uh, on Saturday saying that um, they didn't throw well, the competition didn't go well. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, the, the video from Thursday and Friday looked really good. You know, I thought we were going to actually mention it to another coach. It's like, wow, you know, they look good. Like, I think they're ready for a big-time performance. And uh, it didn't happen. Uh, barely snuck into the finals, got three more throws, didn't improve their performance, but they still got it, right? So it's a win to make the finals on throwing, like, 85% of your best throw or your personal best throw. Like, I, I don't see that as a, as a negative. So we're talking, and... I said, you know, what happened? What do you think happened? Well, I had finals and midterms. It's like, all right, regents exams, I know. My, my kids at my high school had regents exams also. They had finals, they had midterms, they had all these different things, right? Uh, and kids at our school, we had our local, like, um, county championships. I wouldn't even call it regional, more so, but just local. Did really well men's team won, which is really exciting. Uh, scored points where we didn't think we were going to score. But they also had Regents Week and finals and midterms and all those different things. So what is it about some athletes that they're able to overcome those like outside obstacles and perform well when it matters? And then there's other athletes where they kind of succumb to that pressure, right? So if we're talking about the situation as being pressure-packed, kind of like a high-stakes meet that's not really regional or local or like state qualifier, just kind of like an invitational meet, right, where there's other athletes from across the state that are at your level. Maybe the athlete felt pressure to compete at a certain level because it was the first time competing against other people of their Ability level, ability group. Uh, and I remember Monique pre COVID, well, I guess it would have been during COVID, uh, when she started, um, you know, it's going, you know, 18, 19, 1950 at these local meets where the next best competitor was throwing maybe 10, maybe 11 meters. Uh, you really got to find it in yourself to what why am I doing this? What's the purpose, right? Like, if you're going to stress out over taking six throws at a local high school meet, um, I don't know. There's just, I think there's a little more information I'd like to have. Because, one, it should be fun, right? It should be something that you enjoy doing. Um, if you do feel pressure, how do you wrap your mind around that pressure? And that's where... I think last year, especially around nationals, time outdoor nationals, talked a lot about pressure being a privilege, right? And 
how we see that through a specific lens as an athlete, right? Where we have this expectation of ourselves, but we carry ourselves in a way, and I don't wanna say it's like arrogance or being cocky, but there's a confidence about how well we perform over the course of the week, over the course of two weeks, three weeks, that we believe in ourselves to the point that uh, you might will yourself to a great performance, right? Some would argue, well, that's like BS, doesn't work like that, but I challenge as to why, right? Uh, if you have an athlete who, let's say, throws the men's shot put 50 feet, high school throw, right? Throw 50 feet every week, every week, every week, every meet, 51, 52, 55, 54, whatever, right? And then you get to a meet and you throw 44 or 43, right? It's not the pressure, I don't think, in that regard could have just been a bad day. I mean, that's gonna happen also, right? Like sometimes for whatever reason, things just don't happen uh, that act as a roadblock to impede our performance. Um, happened to Lewis his senior year at NAS. Oof. Some meets, we got into some pretty icky predicaments where we were like 1650 going in the finals where two weeks prior we were qualifying for U.S. Indoor Nationals uh, as a D3 thrower and uh, just trying to walk through what was happening same thing like you're going to win to me by five six seven meters um, how, how do we how do we overcome that so there's a couple a couple things one you have to use those mental models in your mind, right? Those past performances are gonna help you overcome those obstacles when you're in the heat of the competition, right? Where you, and it doesn't uh, necessarily happen immediately, right? You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in that moment um, that uh, all of your training, all of your preparation, everything has prepared you for that moment in the competition where you're gonna be ready to have a great performance, you're gonna throw well, because you've done it before. Your training has been spot on, right? You feel good, you look good, you throw good, um, is one part of it. Two, also, it's trying to slow things down in your environment. It's kinda like, what what can you control and what can't you control, right? You can't, you can't control uh, the thrower that went before you that PR'd out of their mind three four meters right you can't control I mean indoor I think the weather's pretty good 99.9 percent .9 of the time so there's really not too much that I would be worried about there right like cement circle versus wooden circle I mean I, I, everybody's gonna compete out of the same circle right so I just think sometimes we use those excuses as outlets to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. I allow myself to uh, introduce myself. Uh, if you know where that quote is from, send me a DM on Instagram at Charles Inferno. I'll send you a Throws t-shirt. I think I have a bunch of larges left, maybe, uh, maybe an XL, right? So if you get where that is uh, I'll 
send you a shirt if I have any in your size. Otherwise, we could talk. Anyway, I'll allow myself to introduce myself. Um, and I think like Art Anderson, where I talked about it in the first podcast where episode or the one prior to this. Excuses are the crutches of the untalented. And I, I'm not willing to go so far as double A suggesting that people are not talented but they have a poor performance, right? But I think we use, kind of like I talked about this before, where if we already know going into a competition that, uh, you know, I stayed up really late this week, all these like regents exams stuff that I knew was going to happen uh, not necessarily out of my control but you know that you have to do them um, and then I have a poor, poor poor let me try that again then you have a poor performance well it's already built in for you um, where eh you know I uh, stayed up late whatever and I don't if you're, if you're a thrower, if you're any athlete, I guess, in high school, and um, a lot of those outside factors are going to play a role in how well you perform, it might make the competition schedule or the competition, uh, I don't know, I guess, opportunities uh, more difficult for you because everyone always has something going on, right? Like... There's always um, a final. There's always a paper. There's always a lab. There's always like something for somebody. Student teaching, right? I was student teaching during my outdoor senior season, and I was like freaking out every day, like, oh my gosh, am I, uh, am I on my feet too much? Am I getting enough rest? Grading these papers is really hard. Like, I'm staying up late. Like. And you go to school and you, uh, you know, work with the kiddos and you come home and you practice and it's just like having a job, I guess. Um, and you try your best, right? And, and I think not being responded to for such a high-profile athlete, it's just, it's a concern to me more of, man, like, I don't know, like other, other people did the same thing so like what else is going on in your life like what else may have happened that um, didn't allow you to achieve whatever you wanted for that goal right the other thing I shared with this particular person was the expectation about uh, trying to PR every week and how uh, you know it's not very really realistic either so um, you know, being within two, three, four, five, six inches of your personal best for five, six weeks in a row, it's really difficult to maintain. Um, it's really difficult to kind of like keep that intensity up every single week, especially when you're, um, you know, gunning for the fences every throw. Um, another strategy in that situation would be to, and I shared this too, and I share this with my college kids too, you know, really, when you're at a competition like that, technique is great, right? Like, I, I, I preach technique. I think in the long run, technique, um, 
gives you a better opportunity to throw farther in the heat of the moment because it's more sound, like it's already going to be embedded, like those sound practices. Uh, but then also, like at high profile meets, you really aren't uh, evaluated on your technical prowess, but how far you throw. Um, so I shared with them, like, you know, you get into that situation and you know, you thought everything was going to go well and you're going to take your two turn and it's going to go 60 feet and then you take your three turn, uh, three heels or toe and two and the expectation was 65 to, to 70 feet and you throw uh, 50. All right. So you switch gears and uh, reevaluate in the heat of the moment. Maybe you uh, grip and rip a two turn throw, like whatever, whatever you and your coach are going to decide to do. But there's a strategy that plays plays a role in it. Um, the excuses thing, you know, the older I get as a coach, when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s, like, I kind of, I think I was uh, easier on my athletes when it came to coach I have lab, coach I have class, coach I have this. Like, I was in class too. So I was coming to practice at Fredonia after having taught a full day at school at BOCES. Practicing, and then I would have class a couple nights a week, and then I go back into the pool room throw right. Like there, you, you, it just gets really frustrating sometimes, where it seems like the coach or coaches are more want the performance more than the athletes. It took me a long time to realize that. It took a conversation with Dan Chambliss to really put things in perspective and share that, you know, it's not really, you know, it's okay if they don't want to throw far, right? And it's okay if you don't want to throw far. If you're watching this, not you who DM me and asking for um, advice, but um, if you just are throwing because you enjoy it, you enjoy spending time with your teammates, like that's fine. There's no big deal. Right, but um, if it's something that means a little bit more to you, but you're not willing to put in the work, and then we're gonna have those conversations about woe is me, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't cut it anymore. But that's, that's a conversation for another time. Thank you very much for listening to the Throws Doc Podcast. I'm your doc, Dr. Charles Inferna, or curing writing scripts to cure your throwing elements. Let's try that again. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day.